Kevin. Cold. No, we were down in the south end, but 
Um, oh, okay. You could, uh, we, the house that we had, you know, had the tall ceilings, you know, your California patio home. But, uh, sure. It didn't have, uh, there was no uh, central air in it. Because there was like, you know, everything, you had all these nice windows and French doors, you could open everything up and then turn on the ceiling fans on those high ceilings, you know, and stay cool. Actually, during the summer, once the sun went down and the sea breeze came in off the Pacific there, it would get downright chilly. If you went out to dinner, even in the summer, you better take a sport coat or something with you, a windbreaker, because it was going to get cold if you were sitting out on the patio. But uh, we had central heat in the house, and after living there nine years, I don't think we ever turned it on maybe two times. Wow. It was pretty weather. But the water was freezing cold out there, man. Freezing cold. <laughs> so, unless you were a surfer in a wetsuit, you know, and all that kind of stuff, used to it, man, it was just not not fun. <laughs> I think the temperature... You guys got those guys that kayak fish out there years around. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, I guess they wear wetsuits all, all year round, even uh, on the kayak, I, I would think. Some sort of, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't until like late July, August, first couple of weeks in August, that you would see water temps above 75 degrees. If they got that high. That's really warm because we, we, up here in Jersey, we we don't get too much above 75 here. I think I saw 78 one weekend this year. That was it. Yeah. That's about the same, man. But I mean, you know, this is you're way down south. I mean, you're only an hour from Baja, man. <laughs> yeah, you know? true. It's all about the currents, mm-hmm. I take it. Yeah, yeah. All that current, all that water is coming from the north. You know, from the Pacific Northwest, driving down sure. south. Whereas here, it's warm when it starts out by us. It gets cool by the time it gets up to you, <laughs> as it comes out of the Gulf. I wonder if they're getting a lot of that uh, wreckage from the tsunami over there in Japan, in that area. Because I know they're on the, the more northern shore. Like, I was wondering if they're getting any of that wreckage from uh, Japan from when the tsunami happened. I guess that was two years oh, ago. Oh, that's that stuff hit a year ago. There was stuff coming up on shore. There was There's one guy that got out. Sure. A, yeah, there was a container yeah. that came up with had a Harley motorcycle in it and stuff and. Huh. Um, yeah, all kinds of stuff. And it, it hits along the Pacific Northwest up there. Speaking of up Northwest, yeah, they had a 6.2 earthquake up in Alaska today. Oh, wow. I didn't hear that on the news. Yeah, Caps Alaska, in the huh? chat room. Yeah, Alaska had it. They said it wasn't anything. It was too far inland, I guess, to to do cause any tsunami or anything like that. They didn't get any tsunami warnings or anything. Yeah, I guess there's really not much uh, as far as um, uh, infrastructure or building in Alaska for it to really damage anything unless they hit a city dead on, right? Yeah, I don't think... The times that I went through Alaska, headed over to Japan and stuff, we didn't get out too much, but, I mean... There's not like, I mean, 
I guess Anchorage is a pretty big city, but pretty much everything else is cabins in the woods and stuff. Yeah. So. Little towns along truck routes, that kind of stuff. That's about it. Um, yeah. Little towns along the, the railroad tracks, I guess. Fishing shop, yeah. See those shows on uh, Discovery, you know, where they go out and stand by the railroad tracks and thumb the ra- the train down so they can go to town and stuff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I guess they make their the own chairman. train stop, huh? Yeah. yeah. Neat. The cab D's in the chat room. He's like, the, the earthquake didn't bother the grizzly bears. Bald eagles in Alaska like crows in downtown Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, we got a fall coming on, man. What changes up in your area as far as fishing goes, man? What happens in the fall? You get, you start to see the stripers moving and stuff like that, right? Yeah, well, our our summer flounder season closes actually um, this weekend's the last weekend for that, and then. Um, typically in November, in that area, you'll have the, the big striper run as the, uh, fish migrate south again. And, um, uh-huh. uh, what else? Um, tog fishing becomes really good in November. It becomes a six fish bag limit. So we go for them. That's all kind of like wreck fishing or rocks or bridge piling. They're, um, right. tow tog. Had some pretty nice ones of those. And uh, winter flounder, I mean, they're small fish. I never really target them. But, yeah, after the bass go by, it's, it's, I usually hang my gear up because <laughs> it just gets too cold. It's, there's, there's just no point. Yeah. I mean, uh, my no. buddies and I will do a trip down to Kittapeak in eastern shore of Virginia, and that's in December, and that's that's usually it for the year. Until uh, March rolls around, and then it's the uh, spring bass season. You got to you got to join us down at Christmas time. You just need to come down to the Keys, man. Yeah, it'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and we looked out this year. I was looking for it. I was ready as soon as the campground that I was looking at opened up reservations for December. I got a week, so. On uh, Sugarloaf Key, so just a little bit north. It's not all the way down Key West, but it's still it's like down middle. There. Uh, kind of the bottom third. Okay. Uh, That's far enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, once. once how you long get of a drive to, is it from uh, the mainland to Key West? Though it's, it's a pretty far drive, right? Oh, I think it's. Uh, like I think it's half the trip. We go from Atlanta to Homestead, and then that the rest of the trip is from Homestead to Key West. It's like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it feels I like hear it, you. man, because it's only two lane road. You know. Yeah, and then most of it's a is bridges, right? And it probably has a low speed limit on it, right? Uh huh. Uh, they the the speed limit gets up around um, you know, when you're out uh, across the bridges and stuff. You got like the seven mile bridge, and you know you don't want to stop in the middle of that. You make sure you, no no breakdowns yeah. out there, man. But they got like a little emergency pull offs over there. No, there's nothing, man. It's just a two lane bridge, man. There's hardly any shoulder oh, okay. at all. 
Yeah. I was thinking kind of like how that uh, Chesapeake uh, Bay Bridge tunnel is, how they got like every two miles, three miles, there's like an emergency pull-off spot. No, it just says, you know, it's like the being on a carrier. You know, If you land and your plane broke, they just come. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I think you cut out, Chip. having some technical difficulties. I'm not sure. I'm not in the chat room yet. No, Chip, we can't hear you. I don't know if you can even hear me. Ah, yes, I am live. So, anyway, as we were talking, um, yeah, that'd be cool to go down to Key West in the winter. (laughs) Or the Keys, that'd be really cool. But, um, so upcoming, we got the Boondoggle. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Back at Cars Park. Uh, Space Coast of Florida there. Cat D, you going to the boondoggle? Uh, Cat D says, yep, in the chat room there. Uh, no problem, Cap D. It would be good to have you on the phone right now, but no problem. the kayak fishing boondoggle on uh, Merritt Island, Cars Park. Um, it's going to be October 10th, and that's through the 13th. Uh, I'm not sure about camping or um, any of that sort of thing, but 
attendee registration is still open. If you go to um, kayakfishingboondoggle.com, you can register there. Um, they're going to have the Vendor Village open again with a lot of great sponsors. Um, right now, the sponsors up on the website are Warner Paddles, Native Watercraft, NRS, Awesome Canoe and Kayak, um, Swivel Stick, which that's pretty interesting, um, Wilderness Systems, Bending Branches, Yak Attack, uh, KBB Outfitters, Feel Free Kayaks, Power Pole, uh, Dragonfly, that's the uh, Fish Finder, New Canoe, uh, Ingle Coolers, Viking Kayaks, Jackson Kayak, Unfair Lures, Lure Guard, another logo here I can't read, and then uh, the Skinny Stick, I don't know what that is, that sounds pretty cool, and a whole bunch of other sponsors, so there's a lot of exhibitors, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, about 20, 20 sponsors that'll be, or exhibitors. That's not counting sponsors, about another uh, 15 sponsors, it looks like there. I made it back. So, there you go. Welcome the, back. Uh, the Direct Connect dumped me. Really? Yeah, the, I don't know what it is. Maybe it doesn't like it. It's in the trial period. Yeah. <laughs> it was like you started cutting up, you know, you started breaking up and everything, and then all of a sudden it just went quiet. And it was like, hello? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if I was on or not because I wasn't in the chat room. And I went over there. I was like, oh, I am on. Okay. Yeah. So I, just I was still in the chat room. And, uh... and then it just oh, crashed. Sorry. So boondoggle, okay. Yeah, it's just going over the Vendor Village exhibitors. There's a lot of them. Looks like yeah. a little over 20, huh? Yeah. That's pretty cool. You need to... Um, if I'd have known earlier yesterday that you were going to do the Wednesday night show, I would have got you a guest to go on there. I mean, Luther needs to get on. We need to get him on the show. We need to get Woody back on the show. We had Wilderness Systems a couple weeks ago and the Bending Branches guy, right? I need. To, oh yeah, no, we, had NR, we had NRS, we had NRS, and Wilderness, and we need to get so Austin far. Kayak and all these guys on. So I need to get them spread out before we get to the Boondoggle. We'll probably be doing them. We'll still have them on after the Boondoggle. Just get them on the show and talk to them. Oh, but, we um, could bring them on Wednesday night too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we should actually. But, are you? Uh, are you a pro staff for Bending Branches or Werner? Bending Branches, yes. Yes? Okay, so maybe we'll see about... Are you going to do Wednesday show for... For uh, uh, for Mark? I don't know. I don't yeah. I don't find out these things until 15 minutes prior. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. no I'll send um, him, Mark said he'll definitely Branches. likely be on. Okay, well, I'll send the Bending Branches guy a uh, a note. To be on Wednesday okay. night. That's Andrew Stern, right? Um, I think that's who it is. I don't have my other email up here. Okay. Yeah, he's a good guy. So, and then uh, got the guys from Austin Kayak and Nate uh, Luther from Yak Attack and Woody, of course. He's always fun. Woody doesn't care. Does bending? Yeah, you can have Woody on your show. Yeah. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Kev D's asking, does bending branches make hand paddles? Uh, no. But they they uh-uh. do make sup paddles. Yeah, they make sort of like sup- a long hand paddle. Yeah. I'll tell you what I got, man, is, and I really love it. Uh, and it worked out. Uh, was is the uh, it used to be called the native uh, paddle pole, but uh, the guy um, what's his name Paul up there at the shop there in Jersey, right? The kayak shop there. Yeah, Paul Zuzak. Yeah, I got I got a couple of paddle poles from him. He still carries them. I forget the the manufacturer that builds them, and. Uh, it's a it's a nine foot long paddle, but it looks like a push pole. But it's got a paddle on one end. It's like a long, thin, you know, like a Norwegian style paddle on one end, and then on the other end, it's got a sharp end for like like a push pole. Now you don't have much shallow water that you fish in, but down south here, we're all in the you know we're in the flats and stuff, and it's really nice because you can use like a push pole. You can stand up, paddle. And uh, when you get somewhere, you know, if you get a, get on a fish, you just stick it down into your trolley, and it locks. You know, it it'll stick in like a like a stakeout pole. So that's cool. Yeah, and it's nine feet long, and I just carry that wow. now instead of a regular paddle, and just put it in those those new. You see those uh, paddle holders that uh, Native has? They're like a little U shape, and it has like a little piece of rubber that goes across the U when you stick your paddle down in there it clamp it clamps down on your paddle so you just got one out to the front of the boat and then one towards the back and I just stick that thing down in there and and then that. that sounds pretty cool though yeah and because uh, with the uh, with the slayer you know and the pedals it's like okay so you don't need a paddle I mean I was carrying the paddle you know my 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 signature paddle, you know, my tie-dye fox, uh, Foxworks paddle there. Yeah. And, uh, so, but, uh, just don't need it in the flats anymore and with, with pedals. But I, I usually take a paddle anyways. I break it down and then stick it in the back, you know, put it alongside and just put it underneath the bungee. But that big old paddle pole, that thing works out really nice. Actually, let me see. Now, can you paddle with with the paddle pole, or is it just just one side? Just one side. It's like you stand up. Yeah, you could stand up and paddle with it. Uh, But it's only got a paddle on one side. Hold on, let me get a picture of it. I'll put a link on the thing. Yeah, it's three pieces, and uh, it works out pretty nice. It's like, hang on. So uh, yeah, there's. I guess Austin Kaya. Well, this must be an old picture. Um, let's see. Yeah, this they is. Got the, it's, they got the it Rich, Mar, Rich Mar pull, pull, push pole system too. That thing looks pretty cool. It got four different attachments on there. Yeah. Uh, here, let's see. Check this one out right here in the chat room. Check out that. That's it's three pieces. It's real light, and uh, when you stick each piece is like three feet long. Ah, that's neat. Yeah. Huh. Pretty and, cool. 
Yeah, it, it's, it works out real nice. And like I said, Paul has them. And actually what happened was uh, I, uh, I ordered a couple from him. He only had two left. I wanted three, but he only added two left. So I ordered those two. And they're rather expensive. But, you know, a good paddle is expensive anyways. I mean, it's like it's the motor on your boat, right? Um, yeah, but I mean, the, the use you get out of this thing, it, it's probably, it's its a unique enough thing to where nobody else really makes anything like it. So, yeah. you, you know, you're better off paying for it because it works for what you're doing. Yeah, so so I ordered two from them, and uh, it got shipped directly from the manufacturer. So I forget the other guy's name that's up there with Paul. It's in the store there, but so they come in the... The box comes from UPS, and the brown gorilla must have got a hold of it because it was all chewed up. I mean, the box was just <laughs> trashed, man. The blades, <laughs> the blades looked like somebody had taken the the, the pointed end of the stakeout pole and shoved it through the blades. I mean, it was just there was just they were wrecked, man. <laughs> and I took pictures both of them. Of them huh? I took, yeah, both of them were wrecked. I took pictures oh. of him, and, and I sent him to Paul, and he's like, man, I'm really sorry. And he goes, those were the last two I had. So they called the manufacturer, and it took them, uh, it took them a, a few weeks, but they built new ones <laughs> and sent them to me. And, and this the time they were like, ones on earth. <laughs> well, but now they made more, so I know Paul's got oh. more of them now. He's, okay. he's got a few more, yeah. So, uh, so they hooked me up, and... Uh, they're they're really it's they're real handy. I mean, for especially the I guess Native came up with it, uh, Jimbo Meter. And there's if you look for paddle pole or something like that, it talks about pole and the the thing. And there's a there's actually a is that what's this? Let's peek down here and make Greenland. Yeah, it's kind of a Greenland paddle. Yeah, it's a long narrow one. But it's got a stakeout pole on the other end. And then there's a little video of Jimbo Meter using it in a native. Actually, there's a picture right there. So let me see. Here's a picture of him in the native. It works out great in the native. So I wish I had the little mesh bag. I need to give me some mesh material, sew it up, make the little bag to throw it in. But, uh, but that sucker is really nice in the native, especially because in the like the fourteen five, because you can just pull real shallow, in this real shallow water, just push yourself along, and then you get somewhere, just stick that sucker down in the ground and hold you right there, cast, nice. keep working on. But it's not you know twenty feet long like a regular push pole kind of thing. So I can't remember who makes them now. I have to go back and look on the in my record book, but, but yeah, the, the manufacturer, they made, they made me some brand new ones. I guess they made some more while they were at it. So Paul's got them up there. They put a harpoon on the other end. Yeah. (laughs) So, and actually, um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen him on, on Facebook, but it's, uh, it's this Joel kayaker. Have you ever seen that guy on Facebook? He's the one that caught, he caught a, the Greenland shark. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, didn't recognize he, the name at first. He's got like hey, a, he's on he's the got, Jackson fishing team. <laughs> he's got the dreads and everything, you know. <laughs> and the yeah. dude is crazy. Yeah, and he has said 
he'd like to come on the show one night and talk to us. Cool. But that dude, man, he fishes everywhere. He's got some great videos and stuff. But, um, but yeah, he we caught a to, Greenland we shark. Need to send him uh, one of those Viking helmets. <laughs> yeah, I think he's got one. <laughs> yeah. just, That's awesome. He's wicked crazy, man. But yeah, I chatted with him one night, and uh, he's got Skype and everything. And he's like, "Yeah, we'll make." But he's on the road right now. Like they're doing some filming and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. he's. He's um he's on the Jackson kayak fishing team. The European oh, really? team. Cool. He is, yep. He fishes out of the big rig over there. This is that, that's yeah. actually what he caught that shark on. I, I, on a big I, rig? I wanna ask him so let me because I wanna ask him how do you reel in a twelve hundred pound shark without that thing pulling you under on a kayak? <laughs> That's not it. That's okay. pretty incredible. Yeah. So yeah, there's Joel Kayak Angler. It's he's on uh, Facebook there. Yeah. Lives in Gothenburg. Big fish fanatic. He catches some huge <laughs> halibut and stuff. I mean, they're just it's freaking sick, man. <laughs> yeah. But the Karachi he's going after the Karachi shark now, he says. But there's some picture on his Facebook page. Of the of the uh, Greenland shark, it's just freaking sick, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and he's got he's, up there. Uh, some guy sent him a message on Facebook. A 15-ton shark was captured off the coast of Pakistan. The guy goes to a, a new target. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, that 15 is a ton. giant. 15-ton shark. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. So, anyway, so yeah, we'll try to get Joel on here one night and talk to him. He sounds like sounds like a crazy guy. He'd be a lot of fun to talk to. He's the picture on Facebook. You can see the ice around his face, on his beard, and everything. And there's like glaciers in the background and stuff. It's like, dude, you're just that's just sick. So. Definitely needs that Viking hat. <laughs> well, there's that, and then those guys down in New Zealand, you know, that go out through those big, giant, freaking waves. You know, they get beat up trying to get their kayak out through the waves and stuff, and then, you know, fish 20 miles offshore and stuff. So, yeah, I guess I'm just a big wuss, man. I get on my paddles, and the water's never more than about three feet deep. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was into kayak fishing when I went to New Zealand a couple of years ago. I would have definitely uh, gave it a shot. Yeah, because it's it's huge over there. Oh uh, yeah, I mean you see you see cars all over the place with kayaks on top of them. Yep. I mean, I recall seeing them, and actually, uh, for any of the listeners on the podcasts, whatever that are you know have the Hobies, uh, there's a a guy named Scott Loving in uh, uh, Australia, and he has a uh, site on YouTube, Scott Loving Hobie. Just Google that, and it's on YouTube, and he has some really awesome rigging uh, videos that he does from his shop there. He's like the Hobie dealer in, oh, I want to say in Southeast Australia somewhere. I mean, Southeast Uh, Australia is a huge continent, but um, 
But yeah, Scott Loving Hobie, L O V I N G, and uh, he's he's the dealer down there, and they do some really cool rigging and stuff like that. So I'm waiting, I'm hoping to see some interesting rigging uh, video from him on the, with the new seat in the Outback. I think that'll be interesting. But they do some really cool stuff, and they wrap the boats and everything. He probably does them for the for the Hobie tournament there when they have the world championship and all. So, but that's a traveling tournament though, because this this past year or 2014, I believe, is up in uh, Netherlands. Is it? Yeah. Cool. They've been doing it. The year before it was in Australia. I forget where it yeah. was. The year before that. They're fishing for bream. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta be cool. Yeah. I fished. I fished for. Um, in in Australia, for uh, damn the snook, the the evolutionary cousin to the snook, what do they call him the uh, tank gummit. I have CRS. I can't remember stuff. <laughs> the um, one of the guys that went to uh, from the U.S. that went to the Australia tournament from New York up here. He qualified in the Jamaica Bay tournament for the, that World Fishing Classic. Yeah. Uh, the Hobie one. He came in like fifth place over there. Like, whoa, that's cool. I know. That's pretty cool. So. Now this, their snook looks more like a like some kind of mackerel. But they also have the... Dadgummit. I'll come. I'll figure it out. They have a pond of them in Florida that they that they they look like prehistoric snook. Mm. Can't remember the name of them now. What is the name of it? Fishing cairns, the Great Barrier Reef. Da da da. Fishing Barramundi. That's what I was looking for. Barramundi. Barramundi. So. Like I said, my CRS has hit me up tonight, so don't have to excuse me. But, but yeah, that's Barra is a cool fish, and then they've got the saltwater crocodiles too. So while you're trying to catch fish, you're being you know stalked by some twenty foot crocodile. Yep, the mine is the second thing to go. Okay, Cap. <laughs> but anyway, so. So fall fall fishing is coming in. Um, I guess some of the things, some tips and techniques. The one thing, I, I mean, it's getting close to that time when I go break down all my fishing rods and pull off all the reels and tear them apart and give them a good grease and clean it. But uh, you got plenty of time for that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's all snowing and icing, and it just looks like a mountain out in your backyard because the snow is piled up over the top of all your kayaks. Uh, you're inside in the warmth there, scrubbing the reels down and making sure they're ready to go when it comes when the ice when you get ice out. But uh, fall is is a good time of year for fishing. I mean, it's it's a little more moderate as far as temperatures go. You're not you're not baking out there on the water. Uh, the fish are still moving. But fish tend to change over their habits and feeding patterns. 
uh, because you don't see the big schools of bait and stuff. So you get fish foraging more for crustaceans. They're going after crabs and little critters around the rocks and stuff like that. Um, sure, but I mean, if you find the bait, you're going to find the fish. Oh, definitely, definitely. That's the, that's the big thing about fall fishing. That, that's anywhere, I think. Yeah, but I mean, you don't have like you know in the in the springtime when the finger mullet are running down here. You know, you've got all these little baby oh. fish running around, so they're all sure. out now. So you you still have some some bait balls and stuff. I mean, if you get offshore, but it, when you get inshore. Uh, you'll still see some mullet schools and stuff like that, but the fish tend to start foraging more along the oyster beds and looking for the crustaceans and things like that. So kind of switch over a little bit. Water gets kind of clear in the winter, you know, and as it gets cool too. It sure does. I mean, it gets really clear. I, up here, you know, we just always have that greenish-brown tinge to it. In the wintertime, it's it's really, really clear. It's, it's amazing how clear the water gets in the winter. I'm not sure why that is. Uh, I don't like, know if it has to do with the the warmer water holding the sediment mm-hmm. or what, but it's neat. Yep. You get that warm water, it's just like warm air, you know. Holds the clouds up, holds the sediment up in there. You see Cap saying he's on the Potomac a week ago and the water was crystal clear. He said he could see fish all over the place, but they could see him too. So they get a little bit he wary. You could probably see all the tires and all the shopping carts, too, <laughs> on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when the no, fish I, I can see you... I think they cleaned up the Potomac pretty good, so... I usually, I usually switch to... Bad. Yeah. I usually switch to a little bit lighter uh, presentation in the, in the in the flats. Um, you switch bait in the fall, man? Do you go to a different bait, or are you still... Yeah, for striped bass, it's um, up here. If you're in the north and you don't have eels, live eels with you, American eels, mm-hmm. you might as well just go home. But um, no, nah, it, it turns turns over to a lot of jigging, a lot of jigging, a lot, a lot of bucktails, a lot of metals. Um, yeah, your top water is pretty much non-existent. Right. It's uh, yeah, not a lot of plugs, not a lot of stick baits, anything like that. You're just going with uh, Ava diamond jigs, that sort of thing, uh, spoons. Um, bunker spoons always work well, if you, but you can't really. It's tough to troll bunker spoons off a kayak. Those yeah, they're bulky. You need like wire line trolling setups for those. But I know um, ki- kayak Kevin used jigs those big giant um, gulp baits, right? The big curly tail gulps on about a three ounce yeah, jig head. Those, something. He uses those six inch gulps with yeah, like a three ounce jig head. But he's fishing for redfish. Yeah, with those, I believe. But those those giant monster reds he catches over there. Yeah. Yeah, I learned a little yeah. bit about that at the uh, boondoggle that, that we had down there. Right. That was pretty Cap cool. Came out, he, he said Clark spoons too. Clark spoons, yeah, excellent. Yep. Yeah. I saw them big old um, giant gold baits and was like, man, where can I get some of those? <laughs> you don't see them I used to buy them for for the fluke or the flounder up here in the summer. Really? Yeah, that's a that's a like big a, bait, man. Spro jig, anywhere an ounce typically up and up. I used ounce and a half seems to be the uh, the key size, but if you got a current, you're going to go up to two and a half, three ounces. 
the big yeah. jig. Yeah. You'd be surprised. I get some little fish on those big, big suckers, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I'd be pulling a, pulling a big old spook across the top of the water and catch a little bitty four-inch trout. You know. Yeah, exactly. Crazy little things, but um, now, see, yeah, I'm saying somebody carries them up here. <laughs> but well, dude, yeah, I'll be last couple of weekends. I've been getting my motorcycle instructor license. And I got one more weekend. I got to do my student teaching this weekend. And not having a day off in three weeks is like wearing me out. Um, uh, yeah, you're working over, over the weekends too, huh? Yeah, exactly. Well, the I get I get off from my day job on Friday afternoon, and then I have to drive up to the training center, and goes from six to or yeah from six to ten on friday night and then saturday and sunday it goes from eight to six. Um, oh wow yeah so no days off i'll be glad Is it at least fun? I, um it's interesting i mean you know to learning to teach people who've never been on motorcycles before some right. people are scared some people are nervous but you know it's fun you introduce somebody to a new sport kind of thing um, so what, when they get on the bike, do you tell them when they start going just to hang on, even if they fall off the bike? Yeah, I just say, you know, don't worry. It can't go faster than you can ride. <laughs> as long as you stay on it, you're good. <laughs> just don't get off. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've seen people yeah. fall off, but they're grabbing the uh, throttle. Right. <laughs> and bike, teach- the bike's hauling. <laughs> yeah, we teach them to maintain a flat wrist at all times. Always be aware of your wrist because if it's if you got that wrist cracked up or something, and you, that thing gets away from you, and we and we do a lot of coaching on. The first thing you do is grab the clutch. <laughs> so, ah. anyways, all right, dude. I think that's about it for tonight. I, I'm gonna fall asleep. <laughs> I got to get up at uh, four thirty in the morning and start it over again. So, one more weekend. But uh, we'll look forward to uh, getting some uh, some visitors with us next week. Like I said, hopefully Woody from Native. Uh, we'll hopefully get Luther on and uh, guys from Bending Branches and Werner Paddle. So we'll uh, I'll send out some emails and get everybody lined up for next week, and uh, we'll have some fun talking to po- folks from the industry. Sound like a plan? Sounds oh, Redskins and Giants like on a TV tonight. Yeah, so we get a little... Hey, seven nothing Giants. I'm watching the game and talking to you. Uh, are you really? <laughs> I'm a Giants fan. That, that's just, that just goes with the territory, but... Uh, yeah. Okay. Giants-Redskin games are always good ones. All right, man. So let's... Uh, what's on the calendar for the weekend? You guys got an event? What are you doing this week? Yeah, weekend? we got a how event. Manasquan Reservoir. I was saying last okay. night, that's actually where the Power Team lures were actually born. So that's cool. kind of cool. Um, Manasquan Reservoir in New Jersey here is is one of the premier fishing lakes. Um, it's made the the top 100 lakes every year for I don't know how many years it's been in there, but uh, I forget which magazine does that. The top 100 lakes. It's in I think I believe it's in the uh, 20s or 30s on the top oh. lakes. So. But um, yep, taking a bunch of vets 
out there to, to help them rehabilitate and and uh, enjoy the day. Nice. I'm gonna try right. to get out Sunday. We'll see. Okay. Um, flat, last last day of flounder fishing so for the uh, the uh, season. That's it. All right. So, so catch some big ones, and we'll get a report from you next week. Heroesonthewater.org. Find your local chapter and uh, give them a shout. And they can always use some extra volunteers. Or if you're a hero and you're looking for something interesting to do and you never thought about kayak fishing, get in touch with them. Heroesonthewater.org. Jim and the guys are a great bunch of folks. Matt's a great guy. Our other friends are usually here on Buzzard Row with us. So, Tight Lines Cap, we'll see you next week. Matt, have a good weekend. Catch some fish. I'll be out teaching new people how to ride motorcycles, and then I'll get back to fishing. So take a kid fishing, and we'll see everybody next week. All right? Good night, bud. Where's my out? There we go. Cue the music.